everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Two Drunk Fans. Couple things that happened this week so far. Gab, what are you drinking? I am drinking a two-town cider, Passion Statesman. It's a passion fruit and pear cider that is pretty delicious. I'm trying to figure out why it's Passion Statesman, hmm. but I don't. I don't know why it doesn't. It doesn't tell me that. It's naturally gluten-free, made in Oregon. Um, one of my favorite. Uh, cider houses is two towns so that's that's yummy um and i'm enjoying a nice spring evening on a patio uh in portland what are you drinking i'm drinking one of those arizona teas 99 cent like tall boys but uh it's half and half sugar free because i'm trying to avoid that sugar and this weird feeling that like i'm pre-diabetic right now i don't exactly know why i just i'm almost the age where my father started to develop symptoms of diabetes and i'm like mortality is weighing on my mind so i'm cutting down yeah. on the sugar i mean it's just well, it's good know, for you in general drink so. more water drink more water eat more veggies just eat healthier um speaking of eating healthy i'm really looking forward to you visiting portland this weekend i will be in portland this weekend to go see thorns versus seattle on may 5th Mm-hmm. Are you going to be eating healthy? No. <laughs> That's why I got to eat healthy <laughs> so much this week before I fly out there and eat 10 mushroom tacos. Well, 10, five mushroom and five fried cheese tacos. Hey, you know what? I just had two fried cheese tacos. They're not too bad, but mm -hmm. they do take a while to chew because the cheese is like erasers. Honestly, knowing this contest, I should have like packed a rucksack and just hiked from Boston to Portland and then that would take care of the health issues yeah, yeah right you should have just started the day NWSL opened pulled the forest gump I think the average human walks if I'm loaded down I'm probably walking about three miles an hour right I can walk if I'm in good shape four hours break four hours so minimum eight hours a day that's about 24 25 miles a day so yeah when I knew yourself started <laughs> yeah I'm like 4,000 miles and then you've got elevation and you've got weather yeah it was there's like Dude. roads and shit I'd probably hitch a little bit that's safe right you, you, you. <laughs> yeah totally safe um you are wanting to do a fundraiser I'm sure you could find a lot of people who'd be willing to, you know, pitch in a little coin mm. for you to hike across the country from Boston to Portland. Maybe just next for season. Soccer. Maybe next season that'll be an actually an interesting fundraiser. Like I'm walking cross country. If you want to donate, we could benefit, you know, like some um, a women's group or soccer group that helps like underprivileged kids. Some something to think about. We'll th we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. That's maybe future. maybe maybe that's our Kickstarter so that we get our own NWSL team. Oh, I'm sure me walking across the country would raise three million dollars. Is that all it takes for one season? Sure. All right. Well, let's get you training. Okay. Um, <laughs> but in the the now, uh, <laughs> today we've got four Monday, games May from first. last weekend. It was the binge weekend. Four games, one day. Three one one ties. I mean, it started off kind of like how we thought it would. North Carolina two, Houston dash zero. God, poor Houston. Poor Houston. God, they really just 
they are the new Boston of the league. Which, you know what? I say that with a lot of fondness in my heart. The more they struggled, I was like, this feels so familiar. You're going to move to fucking Houston, aren't you? No, the humidity, dude. The humidity. Boston has humidity, too. They don't have Houston humidity. <laughs> Houston humidity. At least in Boston, when it's humid, it's usually not also a hundred fucking degrees. It's ridiculous. But you could have frozen woodies while you're down there. Frozen woodies and the food scene in Houston is real good. Apparently it's booming down there. The food scene in Houston is really good. Alright. It was interesting because this game, they had Ohai fully back. She started. And they had Kaya Simon. And I thought for the first 10 or 15 minutes, you could kind of see the Simon payoff where she can act as your target striker, but she can also drop deeper and hope for, like, Prince and Ohai to run into the channel and she acts as distributor, right? They get in the cross uh -huh. and she can drift into the box. Um, but then, like, the next 75 minutes, that didn't really happen, so... You want Houston to have this magical element to them but they just don't no it sucks like it's it sucks because it's so predictable and i just i don't know i'm i'm not feeling great about houston right now well it's compounded because we finally found out that lisa cole's not with houston anymore um dun, dun, dun. i'm sure it was our hard investigative work from the last episode <laughs> where literally all we did was ask where's lisa cole right now and then the next day <laughs> The next day, like when after the episode dropped, or the day the episode dropped, I think Lisa Cole issues she put a statement. Out the statement. I was like, "Oh, she must have uh, listened." What if? Hey, hey, Lisa, we would love to have you on the podcast. Definitely, um, drop us a line, and we would love to hear what happened behind the scenes. Well, she's also had tons of experience. She was, you know, Boston Breakers head coach. She has the best record for Boston, actually. Um, she was uh, Papua New Guinea, I think their U20 head coach. So she's been all around the world. She's worked with all different age groups, all different levels. I think she'd be a cool interview. It would be a really cool interview, yeah. um, unfortunately. Uh, I don't think she listens to our podcast. Although, you know, it's kind of like karma. For all the times that we record and then something big happens the day before or the day of or you know, something like that that we just completely miss out on. This this was kind of nice. Yeah, it was good timing. Um, yeah. I think there's kind of murmurs of the two of them clashed. There were some tweets from, I think, Corey Ropkin, who still covers the Dash, where, you know, he's like, Cole's been gone for weeks now. This statement's coming out like she was only on board for a handful of games for Houston, maybe one or two, before the two of them clashed and... You know, it really sounds like it was incompatible personalities or coaching styles. And maybe Cole was like, this is clearly not going to work. You know, I don't need to deal with this kind of stress in the work environment. You know, thanks for the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, Lisa Cole deserves better. And not gonna not gonna bemoan her yeah. uh, for moving on. Um, it does, I think, say something about the Houston Dash. I think the conversation we've had a few times, but it seems to always pop up whenever there's Dash drama. Is it, are MLS teams just inherently good for NWSL? The other thing is attendance at this game was three thousand five hundred ninety-one, and it was not the worst day in Houston. I think it was only in the 80s, which for Houston, that's pretty temperate. Um, mm -hmm. Like, low 80s. 
it's a decent stadium. I've been there. It's, it's nice. in a great location. Yeah. Uh, I don't get it. They seem to have the pieces they need. So why aren't they doing better? Maybe if they were winning more this... I don't know. I don't think that's necessarily it. I would look at marketing in Houston and just accessibility of the squad. Um, yeah, there's got to be something that's not a physical characteristic that is an issue here. I mean, the other thing is, I don't know how much you've heard. I think you've heard what I've heard. But you get the sense that the combined Dynamo Dash front office kind of pays a way more attention to the Dynamo than it does to the Dash. That's a sense that I get. If anybody has you know more accurate information, we'd love to hear from you. And I think that's one of the legitimate complaints that people have, or it's one of the legitimate fears that people have whenever a men's team decides to start a women's team, which is, are you going to treat them like, we have two teams, we have two top teams, instead of, like, we have a men's team, and then we have this other thing that we do as a side project. What, right. You know, when Here's times get tough, case. the first team to go is always a women's team, historically. So, we'll see what happens in Houston. I, I hope they do better. Before How I, long do you think the Houston experiment can last? I don't know. Depends on how much money they're losing, probably. Right. So we're they're in their fourth year, fifth year. Isn't it their fifth year? They're in their, they're in their fifth year. Yeah, they were the very they first expansion team. 14. Maybe three more years. In three more years, hopefully things will have changed so that either the Dash are doing better, or if they have to leave there'll be sufficient interest to take on the team. Like, it won't be so bad for the league overall. Right. Hopefully. Um, enough depression. Enough depression. Well, I don't know if they're, we're really out of the depression yet, considering <laughs> the score lines we're about to hit. What, uh, what, what did I guess for that match? <laughs> oh, buddy. Um, so I guessed uh, 2 nothing for Houston. That wasn't what I asked. <laughs> and you guessed a 2-2 tie. So not bad, right? Wait, what did you guess? To, I guess that Houston would win. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what? But you know what? I still technically get more points for this than you do because I guess the number of oh, goals correctly. You. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's just some loophole bullshit right there. Whatever. I don't know what to tell you, pal. Whatever. We made the loopholes Whatever. together. I'm going to eat another taco while you tell us about the next match. Okay. So the next match was way more frustrating. This was Washington Spirit hosting Chicago Red Stars, and it was 1-1. Start off early goal, like, I think fourth minute, Franny Ordega. Pew sent her this nice, nice ball right across the face of goal. But then Chicago ties it up. Alyssa Mott scores and then like, 20th minute. And then the two of them couldn't really... The thing is, though, apparently in the second half, the win picked the hell up. So weather conditions deteriorated between first and second half, which might have affected... Where where was this one? Uh, in Washington and Boyd's. Okay. So that might have affected quality, because first half was fun. It was... I thought it was fun. I was like, oh, there's going to be more goals in this game. But second half was apparently kind of a wash, weather-wise. I don't know. I think we saw two two important things in this. Well, maybe three things, especially as it relates to the national team. One, Mal Pugh is really good, so this is going to be a good season for her regardless. Andy Sullivan, I'm concerned. 
She's not coming up to the speed of play. And it's not like she's fresh to the, you know, to the speed of the, the pace of this high level game. Cause she's, she's got 10 caps of the national team under her belt. She should be used to international level of play. Um, and three, Julie Ertz is back. She subbed in late in the second half in this one. And you can kind of tell Chicago's, they, they know Julie, but they're not used to having her available yet. Right. So how many goals has Julie Ertz scored for the Chicago Red Stars versus the number of goals she scored for the national team? Like, so what does Julie Ertz bring to the table that Chicago has been missing? So for Chicago, she's got six goals and 69 appearances. Nice. Um, nice. And for the United States, she appears to have 15 goals and 59 appearances, which is a pretty good rate for someone who's been a center back and then a deeper midfielder. Well, dude, they just keep connecting with her on corners that, and set pieces. That awareness that she has of, like, players, the posts, and the ball, it's weird. It's crazy. She's stupid soccer smart. Stupid. Her, spa- her spatial awareness is just, it's nuts. She must be one of those people it's hard to sneak up on. Oh, maybe, but I don't know. That'd be a fun game. <laughs> uh, hint for Chicago Red Stars Media. Just don't put copyrighted songs in the video. Yeah, we don't need to learn a third Twitter handle for you guys. Uh, they should just add numbers to the end. You know how in Arrested Development they have like right? Lucille oh 1 and God. 2? So they just have <laughs> Red Stars 1, CRS. 2, 3, 4. Thing 1, thing 2. Yeah. Um, oh my God. What were they missing before this? Well, their midfield before... What were they missing? Yeah, what were they missing before Julie Ertz? Before Ertz came on, their midfield was like Huerta, Colaprico, and Nikki Stanton. So I think what you kind of miss there is a little more stability in front of your center backs. The other thing, though, was this was also the first game Sam Kerr was available for Chicago. So that naturally changes a lot. I think it changes a lot. But... Chicago still sucked. Mm. Kerr is another player. I think it's obvious she needs to like get familiar with Chicago and they need to get familiar with her because at least with Ertz, she's been on the team. She's just been injured. With Kerr, she's brand new. I think you kind of see it. She wasn't really in the right position to capitalize on the ball the way she usually does. So that's a thing that I think will actually get worked out with time. Right, but we're already a quarter of the way through the season. No, we're not a quarter of the way through the season because everyone has 12 home games and like 12 away games, and we're only in week five. So we're a fifth of the way through the season. Fifth of the way through the season. That's that's not as dire as a quarter. Come on. (laughs) You were yelling at me last episode about fractions. Don't, you know, you better be on your fraction game. So I think that was a 1-1 tie that kind of shouldn't have been a 1-1 tie. I thought either one of these teams should have been able to open up the game and score, and they didn't. Um, we'll we'll see how they develop through the the end of the first third of the season, because I think like that middle third, will, that'll be a really interesting time to see who has pulled it together and who has not. God, every year, who is going to pull it together? <laughs> and who's just going to kind of shuffle to the finish line? And who's going to just fizzle? <gasps> oh, God. Oh, the tacos, dude. Tacos. Oh, that hurt. <laughs> you know what Look, you're not eating the carnitas ones, man. They're so freaking greasy. Well, I did have a greasy lunch. I went to a ramen spot, and I put Carolina Reaper dust in my ramen. 
I'm sorry, what? I put Carolina Reaper dust powder. What is that? What what is The Carolina Reaper, Reaper is that? one of the hottest peppers like on the face of the planet. And your ramen it made it better? Yes, I love spice. I love suffering. I like I I want to sweat while I eat, you know? Okay. Well, <clears throat> I'm really happy you're doing a taco eating contest, son. <laughs> Really, really jazzed about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Saturday afternoon after the uh, Thorn Chicago match. Yeah, at Uno, at Uno Mas. Mas. Um, apparently the hashtag is two stuffed fans. Yeah, I've seen the graphic too. Yeah. I I thought Nicole's use of El Taco Classico was pretty good, but apparently it's too late, so it's two stuffed fans. Yeah, two stuffed fans with two nice. That graphics makes it sound guys. like the two of us have been hunted and taxidermied. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's also a wild assumption that you two are actually going to be stuffed at the end. Mm. Well, wild times in Portland, but we'll get there. We'll get there because the next game in our recap is Orlando-Seattle. Orlando hosting. 1-1 tie. I thought this was a, it was a little less frustrating to me for that tie than Washington-Chicago. At the same time, I really thought someone should have been able to open up this game. Orlando got Marta back. Orlando... Got Marta to score score a golazo. Yeah, it was a beautiful free kick, but you you know you have Marta and Morgan, and yes, everybody's aware of what they can do, but it's not like that stopped them last season. Yes, it's their first game right? back together, but they also had Alana Kennedy in the midfield as well, so that spine was fantastic. They just got Marta and Kennedy back. It's another case of maybe they need a couple more games to really gel. Yeah, and Orlando is always threatening. Orlando is always, you know, they're always the team to watch, but you gotta, they gotta do something. Mm -hmm. uh, how about the, the clothesline body slam hook thing at the end? Uh, Ashlyn Harris versus Jody Taylor? Yeah, that thing. I thought it was kind of unnecessary. I know collisions happen, but that was really rough. And we saw disciplinary committee has decided not to suspend her for it. So there's really nothing else you can do except be like, damn, don't do that again. I think it's a brilliant cross-marketing attempt <laughs> for NWSL to really go after the WWE market. E yeah. market? Is, yeah. it, is it WWE? I think it's WWE. Yeah, because it, it used to be WWF. Now it's WWE. I think it's a really uh, well-thought-out uh, play by NWSL um, to go after the WWE market and I'm really looking forward to the body slam of the week uh, voting that we're all going to get to do probably in the next month or so I mean if NWSL suddenly allows like full body contact like a cross between kind of rugby and soccer that's one way to really bump the profile of the league Oh, the league. The league could use some assistance and mm -hmm. a partnership, and I think, I think WWE might just be fitting the bill. It's it's very popular these days. I've seen a little bit of it. I'm not super into wrestling, but I understand why people like it. Like the oh, me too. The soap opera. This the telenovela aspect of it. Just you know, heroes, villains, attractive, muscly people, and very tight spandex like throwing each other yeah. around. I get it. Oh, yeah. Please tell. Please explain to me why Ashlyn Harris would not be a great uh, addition to that. Actually, that's not the worst, like retirement 
suggestion for a pro athlete, right? I mean, they'd probably have to learn some acrobatics, and a lot of it is and like acting, a little bit of acting, a little bit of acting, and you know, it's it's kind of like stunt work where you have to learn about how to safely engage in this sort of stuff. But maybe, yeah. Uh huh. Maybe I'll float that the next time I hang out with her. Do it. My close Wait, personal you hang friend. Out with her? Yeah, of course. And you know, I'm buddy buddy with Ashlyn. We're like texting I had, all the time. I had zero clue about that one. We're texting right now. Her haircut, my idea. Good. Congrats. <laughs> Congrats. I don't think I've spoken to Ashlyn Harris ever in my life. Not even interviews like post game players coming through like the the mix zone. I can't wait for you to interview her at some point this season. We'll see. It's going to be amazing. Amazing. I don't really... Um, so, what did I what did I guess for this one? Okay, so for... Well, we got to also do Washington-Chicago. So, Washington-Chicago's 1-1. I said it was going to be a 2-2 tie, and you said Washington would beat them 3-1. Damn it. Yeah. So and Neither I, one of us got points. No, I got, a, I got points because... I'm assigning points so for, like, tie. if you correctly guess, it's a tie. Yeah. So you've right. got... Right. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For Orlando-Seattle, it was 1-1 tie. I predicted Seattle would beat Orlando 2-1. to one. You predicted Orlando would beat Seattle one nothing. No points for either of us. Damn it. I mean, we predicted it would be close, at least. Big old goose egg on my end. So, last game. And we'll have a, a bit to say about this, actually. On and off the field, Utah mm. Portland one one. So on the field, what do you think of this tie? I think that's going to be really hard for NWSL teams to play in Salt Lake City. Why? Altitude. 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 Did everybody look Altitude. gassed at the end? Everybody looked gassed at sixty minutes in. Um, it it was not the pace that you expect. Portland showed poorly. Um, I would really like for them to focus on passing. Uh, quite a bit over the next week, especially considering they play Seattle on Saturday. Is passing uh, um, essential in soccer? Is that something that you have to do well? I feel like it's that special skill, like a bicycle kick, uh-huh. that if you get it down, you can, or like the flip throw it. Oh, okay. I feel like it's this this thing that just makes it on ESPN's top 20, Sports Center's top 20 or top 10 or whatever it is. I feel like it makes it on there passing. Mm. Definitely. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that Heath goal was really good, but what else did they do, you know? Some decent defense a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, Portland <laughs> Portland had to bring Addie Gay back yeah. into the NWSL yeah. to have a fourth goalkeeper, a backup goalkeeper, because our first two are injured. Yikes. This is not a good season for Portland in terms of health. It reminds me a lot of 2015, actually. Well, this is Eckerstrom's second game in a row, right? I think. I believe so. I mean, what do you think of her? She's courageous. Um, I think she needs to command her defense a little bit better. Uh, Defense looks really, really shaky when it's not AD back there. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that's just time and gelling and being put into situations where you have to come together i was not super pleased with portland's performance Mm. i thought utah looked okay i was i was more excited than the actual performance that we got because kelly o'hara got pushed back up to forward for the first time in what feels like forever becca moros went in at left back behind her 
Um, God, and that I was so pissed when that, that was like a more coherent midfield than they've had access to because it had Desi Scott, a healthy Diana Matheson kind of in the 10 role and uh, Jan's daughter. So that's a decent little midfield right there, right? And A-Rod mm-hmm. starting with Kelly O'Hara at top. Not bad on paper. Not bad on paper. Just where's the energy? A-Rod was really playing with high energy, but not with high accuracy. And the oh more she like kind of put it over or wide, I was like, oh yeah, this is Rodriguez, I remember. Because like, I like her, <laughs> but she's not the most on-target shooter in recent years. But the the goal that she scored, I thought was very A-Rod. Where, you know, she she strips a defender. Um, I think it was Hubley, who's kind of didn't see A-Rod bearing down on her like Jaws. She goes in one-on-one. She jukes the keeper. It was a great move. A lot of people who get in that close, right, they want to slam the ball as hard as they can. A-Rod has a presence of mind to just stay on the ball, juke the keeper, Klingenberg's sitting there. A-Rod puts her on skates, finishes the ball very nicely. It was a composed, professional goal from someone who has had years of experience. She didn't panic. Oh, it was it was fine, I guess. <laughs> it, I'm sorry, dude. Whatever. Like, and then Whatever. Hubley, like, she's coming back, trying to backtrap, and, like, Eckerstrom wipes her out. It's just, it's like a Renaissance painting in the background as A-Rod so is scoring. You're going to hear, like, tragic opera music playing. Like, this tragedy happening. Sorry, pal. I mean, I had, I had to enjoy it. A-Rod, you know, she's back. The next time, like, she she faces Portland, I'll be like, I don't want her to score at all. Just this once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> next time. Next time. Next time I'll go for your team. But for now, I'm just happy for A-Rod. No, it was like, I want Portland to win, but I want A-Rod to get the snitch. Yeah, so, okay, so two things. First one, real quick, attendance was 8,446. Not, not too ten, shabby. Not too shabby. I hope they it stays up there, you know? If it can stay in that 8-9 range, that would be great. Yeah, I think, I, I'm really interested to see where they bottom out at, because that would give us an indicator of how many season ticket holders they have. Mm-hmm. I think when they were talking, they said four or 5,000, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which mean which that right there is a pretty good baseline. Which means they got about four thousand ish walk up or or otherwise ticket sales. So I think that's that's nice. But the other thing, kind of not so nice, was there's some drama before the game. I don't think we need to tell go, me more. Tell me more. I don't think we need to go too deep into it. Everybody saw it play out in like real time, where the court is like the supporters. Is it the official supporters group or is it just a supporters group? I think they have like three or four to be honest. Okay. So I'll just say maybe, maybe like two or three. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't, I'm not uh, that into Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a supporters group as far as we know for the Royals and uh, a statement appeared on their social media, I think on their Twitter and Facebook for the game, which was essentially like, thanks for coming to our state, but we don't want to hang out with you. We don't want to be friends. We don't want your, you or your team to feel comfortable Please spend a lot of money in Utah. Thanks. Bye. It was a really aggressive statement. And I think everyone was like, who wrote this? It's just so completely not in the spirit of the existing supporters groups in NWSL. And, you know, to their credit, they it seems like they really listened to all the criticism. I think same day they came back and they were like, hey, 
this is a person they don't speak for all of us like we're really happy you're here and i the, from what i heard from you the riveters had actually a pretty good time working logistics out with the utah fans that they were talking to yeah overall it was not a horrible experience it caused a little logistical challenge uh, while we were out there. But um, at the end of the day, I mean, I think it is a really good conversation for you and me to have, but also for other supporters in the NWSL to sit back and reflect and say, hey, how do we want to handle, how, not how do we want to handle, because it's not in our control to handle, but how, how do we want to let change impact what we're doing because this league is growing and we're getting new fans we're getting new supporters groups supporters group culture can shift it it's an organism it shifts all the time every time we add new team there's there's new culture um and you know part of what i was saying to to folks uh that i met up with in salt lake at tailgates and inside the stadium is Nobody's going to, nobody should tell you, nobody outside of Salt Lake should tell you how to support um, your club, your team. Nobody should tell you how to set up your organization um, and what your mantra should be and, and all that different jazz. But just know that there are repercussions. And you can, you can, like, there can totally be a bad boy supporters club that joins up and just wants to be an ultra, be a firm, wants to make empty threats and do all sorts of stuff. And it's like, I think it's really important for other sports groups to at least consider and have that hypothetical conversation amongst themselves. If and when that happens, how do we react? It's such an interesting thing because this is uncharted territory. We've never Mm -hmm. had a league this long. So we're now learning, you know, how the evolution of not just the league itself, but how supporter culture around the league is now going to evolve. It's, it's completely in our hands We're we're we can build however we want, which is exciting and scary at the same time, because, you know, when you're in uncharted territories, you could either discover a beautiful new world, or you could fucking end up between Scylla and Charybdis, you know, and get fucking smashed into the rocks and, and you know just become toxic and weird and and broy what's happening here is so far to me in general american women's soccer supporter culture has been very collaborative it's been very welcoming and there's been a big sense of we're in this together because we understand the fragility of our position we're not going to ever rejoice for bad things happening to other teams because we know we're balanced on a knife's edge here. That could happen to us. It doesn't matter if you're an MLS team or you're an independent supporters team. You, there's just no guarantee right now. Yeah, so- and I, I think we've experienced this three times with the Flash Mob and Western New York. Now, I wasn't a fan of that team. I wasn't a fan of the way it was being run. Um, but I was upset when that team relocated. Mm-hmm. And, and in the way they did, that was incredibly offensive to me as a women's soccer supporter. We felt the same for Boston Breakers and the Armada. We feel the same for the Blue Crew and FC Casey. And it certainly isn't something where anybody's rejoicing when a team folds. But we are also welcoming 
when we there is a new team when there is a new sports group and but it also means that we there isn't a cookie cutter and we need to realize that 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 there there isn't a cookie cutter not all not every sports group is going to be the same not every sports group has to be friendly they're not well i i disagree a little bit in that you and i have talked a little bit before like what happens to the league when it gets bigger, when there's more money in it, when there's more prestige in it, because, you know, it's an extreme example, but you look at FIFA, there's so much money and there's so much glitz and glamour. It's just, you know, rotten to the core. So uh-huh. you you can see like an extreme example of how things can go wrong. With our tiny little league, as it grew, I knew there was going to be a point where we kind of had this confrontation, where we kind of butted up against you know, this more abrasive culture, there was going to be a, a culture clash in a way. It's it's what always happens when, when something expands. Um, and because, you know, especially when we go into markets where there's maybe existing supporter culture and people there already have an idea of what culture is supposed to be, but it's influenced heavily by their experience solely in men's soccer. And within men's soccer, certainly not everybody, but there are you know, small groups of people within men's groups, I think much more so than in women's supporter groups that think that, you know, supporting a team has to be confrontational. It has to be very insular and very, um, there has to be a sense of, um, isolationism about them where we don't want outsiders. And I think we're at a crossroads now, almost we're, we're starting to see the crossroads approaching where it's like, we can make this whatever we want to be. We can take the things that we see working and then we can discard other things that we don't like just because that's how it is. I, I see elements of this happening when, you know, when this statement came out, just because it's the way that men's sports do it doesn't mean it's the best way. Right. I'm not saying that's what you're saying, obviously. But I think that's a hint of what's going on here when people are like, well, why shouldn't it be confrontational? Rivalry is good and we should argue and stuff. And I'm like, there's a difference between that and this kind of aggressive confrontational statement. What's it going to be? Like, I think we have a chance here to really create a healthy culture around the sport that we love, where we keep out toxins. To a certain extent, we already do it because... Women's soccer fandom, to me, has been one of the most open, accepting fandoms that I've ever seen in terms of, you know, sexuality, race, uh, religion, uh, ethnicity, like, all this stuff. Like, you see adva- you see the banners at games, like, everyone is welcome, like, soccer is for everybody. Portland had that giant, you know, we don't like Nazis sign. Yeah. It's been a place where I feel extremely comfortable in terms of, for me, n- uh, not being straight not necessarily having the most conventional gender expression, stuff like that. We have a chance to really keep that ethos in women's soccer. And I think this was one of the first tests that we as a fandom, a whole fandom, have faced. And I think that the response was pretty encouraging. Yeah, it was it was handled very well um, once, once we got past the initial shock of, wait, what happened (laughs) what what's going on here and then the tiny little like asterisk comment that was added after the fact of like jk this was only meant in jest we're really just trying to talk trash we actually don't want to harm anyone or 
want you to really feel uncomfortable. We're just trying to put up the front. Like, once we got past all of that stuff, it was handled well, but it was handled in a way that is in tune with what we as a fandom know and appreciate about this league. All I'm trying to warn of is that we need to figure out how do we want to respond when and if this ever happens again and in a more serious, like what if, what if their response hadn't been, this was a social media faux pas, somebody had the keys who wasn't supposed to or shouldn't have. What if their response was, yeah, we stand by it. Then what do we do? That's an interesting scenario. And I think you're right that everybody should take a little time to think about if it does happen. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, they were, they were the, the group was facing pressures from all over the place and you know, they responded accordingly and appropriately in my opinion, but not every group is going to do that. And yeah, I don't know how much they would have walked it back if the Royals themselves hadn't sent out some statements that were very like, Oh shit. You know, like, yeah, or, or what if, what if their member base hadn't have been like, Hey dude, I totally disagree with this. What if their member base actually got behind it? I'm not saying that anybody in Utah believes that, but I'm saying hypothetically, if there were a team where the member base actually agreed with that, yeah, then well, what, what do we, we do as independent supporters who are trying to allow other independent supporters to grow and, and help this game? Mm-hmm. That's a interesting confrontation to come, I think. Um, maybe you're right, and there'll just one day there'll be a team where they're like, it's, they're the assholes of the league, and you know they do their thing. We've told them how we want it to be and they don't want to have any truck with that so i guess we just exist in this weird state of tension yeah like maybe we tell them hey you actually aren't welcome in our stadium because you're violent or you're horrible you're nasty or something like that and you know i'm just i'm saying that this was our first experience of oh crap our bubble is getting big Mm -hmm. yeah these these things are only going to happen more and more over the years Mm -hmm. so first test i like how it went We'll see how the ones in the future go. Okay. Hey, uh, what did we what did we guess for the um, Portland Utah game? Well, you guessed that Portland would lose three to one. No, I did not. <laughs> I guessed that Portland would beat Utah two nothing, and you guessed they'd beat Utah two one. Ah, so yeah. you were right. I at least got the number of goals correct because it was a one one tie. So mm-hmm. currently point total over, let's see, 22 games. I've got 24 points and you've got 16. Oh, that's not too bad. No. It could be worse. Name your sex tape. I would have, I would have, oh. <laughs> Sorry. You're too quick with that. Name of my sex tape. And that's what you missed on Glee. So let's make some predictions for next weekend. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. We are recording Tuesday night. There's a Wednesday night game. Chicago is hosting Orlando Pride. It's going to be a fun game, dude. It will be a fun game. I'm going to say two to two. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say late Sam Kerr winner, two to one for Chicago. Wow. Let me put these in. Next game, Portland hosting Seattle Reign. Pour out all you your go, feelings, buddy. You go first on this one. Oh, okay. Megan Rapinoe was straight out last game. Well, she was gay out last game. 
<laughs> yeah, right. Shoot straight out. But they got Japanese internationals in. I thought Utsuki looked really good. They had Catley back too. I am gonna call this. Oh, am I gonna do this? I'm gonna say no, no. no. I'm gonna say two one for Portland. Oh, I was about to punch you through <laughs> the phone. You know we can't agree though, and I knew you were gonna say Portland was gonna win. I'm gonna say Portland won to nothing though. Oh, closer. All yeah. right, all right, yeah. all right. I'm all right. saying one one nil Portland. That is gonna be. I don't want to be with you when you're watching the game. Then, if you think it's gonna be one zero. You can you can totally be with me. Are, are you going to be up in the press box? I think I'm going to be up in the down? press box. I'm getting credentialed for the game. There's some interviews I want to... But you don't have to watch the game from the press box. You can watch the game from where I sit. I mean, I might come down and see how many kittens you've had at halftime. Okay. Okay. You can bring me... bring me Smuggle me out some of that sweet, sweet press box. That sweet food. press box. Uh, yeah, Merritt Paulson puts on a nice spread, so... Yeah, that Merritt Paulson press box. Is your ride coming for you in the background? Yeah, right? I haven't seen it, so I haven't muted. Marion is on her way, though. Oh, okay. I saw her drive by, yeah. and there's a parking spot literally five feet from me. All right. Next game. Sky Blue is hosting Houston Dash at home. So you want to go first, or should I go first? Sky Blue hosting Houston Dash. The Revenge of Carlos. <laughs> I'm going to say three to one Sky Blue. Revenge of Carlos. That's such a great... I'm going to say 2-1 for Sky Blue. I don't think they're together enough for three. I'm sorry, guys. I think Carly Lloyd can do whatever she wants. 2 nothing, and then you said 3 nothing. No, 1. 3-1. Three, one. One. Oh, Houston, you really put yeah, some I faith think, in Yeah, I think Houston okay. will get 1. Okay. I mean, I hope they do. All right, next game. Utah is hosting Washington in Sandy, Utah. I'm going to say this is going to be a fun game. But you, you're right, that altitude really hits people. It really hits people. All right, I'll go for Utah for this one. 2-1 to Utah, and Washington's just going to run out of gas. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say 3-1 to one Utah. Really? Utah having back-to-back home games mm-hmm. is a pretty big advantage, I think. Okay. They've got training in Utah all week. Mm-hmm. I think they definitely are going to have the home court advantage. Here's the thing that we didn't take into account with Chicago. They had Saturday game, right? It was away in Washington. Then they're back home Wednesday, so that's not great. And now, nope. next game, Sunday, they're away again. North Carolina Courage hosting Chicago. What are you going to say? Oh, the Courage for sure. Mm-hmm. Courage 2 to nothing. Ooh, tired-ass Chicago. Third game in about a week. And North Carolina will have their last game before that was the Saturday before, although it was away in Houston. Yeah, they'll have had over a week of rest. I'm going to call this one, I think we agree. Did you say 2 nothing? Mm-hmm. I say 2 nothing as well. Oh, God. All right. All right. We jinxed it. Oh, sorry, this North Carolina. This is going to be the most exciting match. This is going to be a six-goal match. I hope so, actually. I don't want North Carolina to be easily just beaten up on all these teams. I want them to really fight for it. So those are our predictions. I will see you in Portland soon, Gab. Dude, should we record a live uh, show sometime this weekend? Yeah, we'll, we'll do a quick hit from Portland. I'm sure I'll be in some shape to talk after 10 tacos and who knows how much beer. So in the bathroom at Uno Mas, we'll do a quick little episode. 